Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? So uh, anyway, I hope everybody's had a great week, and I know we're going to have a good time. Here's your uh, hashtag today. I've already got the uh, books, already got the video up. I always forget to turn the volume down on that. So, uh, yeah, now Siri's trying to ask me questions. No, we don't want to talk to you, ma'am. Nobody wants to talk to her, right? So, uh, yeah, go ahead and share the video so we can get this great worship that we're about to offer to the Lord into people's homes and stuff, right? And here's our hashtag for today, one sacrifice, one sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 says something like this, but this man, capital M-A-N, talking about Jesus, died once for sins, plural, for all time. Look at somebody say, one and done. How many of y'all glad he took, he took care of it? Amen? All right, I need to hit two, two things real fast, two things real fast. First of all, I said we're going to make a big announcement today, not a major announcement, but a big announcement because I started to say I have a big, giant announcement tomorrow, but then I thought me, me and Pastor Michael were laughing about it earlier. People were probably thinking who's quitting, who's leaving, who's what. So I thought I better change that up. So here's our thing. How many of you know the Lord told us get land and expand? And we've been praying and believing God for some big acreage, about 20, 30, 40, 50 acres, right? Well, we ain't got that yet. But there's 2.1 acres right behind us back here that right now we're under contract with. So we're going to have that big old area from the road all the way back to that tree line of the field. And I don't know, that might make a, for a good space to put a youth center or something, wouldn't it? So we could get our kids out here on Wednesday night with us. What y'all think about that? Have some space in it for our young adult ministry as well. You can put a lot of something on 2.1 acres. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, we're still believing God for the big bulk of land that we're, pray, we're praying that God is going to bless us with that we're going to buy. And uh, we're going to build that Christian school on it. We're going to make. We're going to see God make that happen. We're not going to make it happen. We're just waiting on God on that. Amen. Amen. Now, one more quick thing. I got a phone call from Pastor Faye, giving me some great news about our Restoring Hope Center, our outreach ministry. She and Miss Tamara Sessoms have been diligently working on some grant funding. And there's one, am I supposed to say the name of the grant? Golden Leaf. Now, I understand this is a biggie nationally. When you get something with them from then on, anytime you put something on a grant application about grants you've already received, if they see Golden Grant, they're like, wow, you got something from them, you're doing something good. So your Restoring Hope Center received a 50 $6,000 grant. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him. That's your $56,000 that God's blessing your outreach ministry with. Amen. Woo. Now, a great voice, mentor, and spiritual father in my life was Dr. Jesse Simmons. And one time he and I were talking 
about something and he looked at me he said brother Tim Jehovah done gyrad so how about somebody just put your hands together one more time and say Jehovah done gyrad close to those who trust in him how great is the goodness he has stored up for those who fear him he lavishes it on those he lavishes it on those who come to him for protection blessing them before the watching world he hides them in the shelter of his presence safe from those who conspire against him he shelters them in his presence far from accusing tongues whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from coming down to us from God our father who created all the lights in heaven he never changes or casts a, shadow, a shifting shadow. If we as sinful people know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? I want to read that one more time. If we as sinful people know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? God's greatest demonstration of his goodness was this. God showed his great love for, for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all of his creation. Let us praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for us. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. All of your works will thank you, Lord and your faithful followers will praise you. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Well, we have a lot to celebrate today, amen. Bless you. Greatest day in history.
is endless and overflowing we stand here today father in our right mind clothed in the goodness of God if it had not been for the Lord where would we be this morning if it had not been for the Lord tell me where would you be this morning if it had not been for his goodness and mercy oh where where would you be this morning where would i be this morning if not for his love it's not for his grace if not for his mercy and his goodness it follows me hallelujah thank you for your goodness god
Throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a
of your being closeted are over. The days of your being timid and shy are over. You need to come out and be bold for me, says the Lord. Be bold in your faith. I died for you publicly. I put myself on display for you publicly. Now you put your praise on for me publicly. The days of you standing in the background and hiding in the shadows are over. I'm not saying that you need to do it this way or that way. I'm just saying, come on and bless me. Because when you bless me, my heart is turned favorably toward you. And I cannot help but pour out upon you exactly what you have need of. Bless me, says the Lord. Come out of your comfort zone. Come out of your seat. Come out of the shadows. Come out of the height. Come out of the closet. And be bold in your proclamation of who I am in your life. Hallelujah. So we're going to sing this song again and let you take advantage of that invitation this morning. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a You got it. 
And um, I started to share a while ago, and the Holy Spirit interrupted, and that is wonderful. I love it when he does that. But um, I feel like there are some very weary people in here today, and we're going to pray. I want you to pray as we pray for these needs. You know what? God did not mean for you to carry these burdens. And a lot of times we're tired because we're trying to do it ourselves. If you're not doing what we're doing in here at home to build your spirit man up, you're missing out. Okay? Not by power and might, but by his spirit. And I know there's some tired weary. I know there's a lot going on. But we're here to worship the King of Kings today. Amen. So we're going to pray over the needs. I know there are many needs out here today. We have sick and we have people that have had surgeries and we have bereaved. But I'm just going to pray over them. I'm just going to speak strength over those of you that are here. So I just want you to raise your hands if you're, you know, if you're willing to do that. And we're going to pray over the needs this morning, okay? Father God, we just praise you. We thank you. We adore you. We worship you. You are worthy of glory and honor and power and praise. You are worthy of everything and more that we can give you. God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are. You are everything. God, we praise you because you are everything. We pray over every need that is represented in this house today. We speak your healing power over every sickness, every disease, every surgery, every injury, every organ, every anything that people are going through, God, we speak, we speak your healing power over it right now. And God, over areas that we can't see, like our hearts, in our mind, in our spirit, man, that gets tired. God, I speak your strength into it. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You didn't mean for us to carry these things. You didn't mean for us to do it all ourselves. Holy Spirit, you are there to help us, to empower us, to, to comfort us during these times. And so, God, I just speak that I pray right now that strength is just rising up in this whole congregation. Strength is just rising up. Healing is rising. Restoration is rising. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. If people need wisdom this morning, we ask for it and you give it to us. Knowledge, understanding, and discernment. God, you have the answer to every need that we have ever had and ever will have. You are the answer. 
So God, we thank you that you have heard us and you have seen us and you know what each person's going through and you're meeting them right where they are right now, God. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. Let's give him a hand for hearing us this morning and answering prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We praise you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You can have a seat. We're going to take this moment to um, pray over our students from preschool to college. And we're going to pray for all of our teachers. So if you would come forward, if you're in any school at all, whatever school you're going to, adults, kids, everybody that's going back to school. And we want all our teachers to come forward too. If you teach in the public school system or a Christian school, if you homeschool your kids, we're going to ask you to come forward now, please. Pastor Tim's going to pray over, pray over all of you this morning. Look at this beautiful group. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think we have every age represented here. From preschool, I'm sure, all the way up through 12th grade, through college, and our teachers. Maybe some grad school, I don't know. Beautiful. Wow, that's a bunch of people. Wow. And awesome, beautiful, handsome people. Come on, congregation, help me out. <laughs> y'all, y'all do something for me, okay? Do something for me. On three, I want you to scream at these people up here. We love you. Ready? One, two, three. We Those of you that are up here as educators, thank you, thank you, thank you. We all say thank you. You are making an impact. The grace and the glory of God that is upon you. Miss Honor can't be somebody like you in a classroom and that joy and love that you have for Jesus not overflow into your students' lives. They may not recognize it today, and they may be an idiot like I was when I was in high school, but somewhere down the road, that glory of God's going to awaken them to his goodness. So all of you that are educators in here, y'all are awesome. I'm just looking down this row, and everyone that I see, you that are educators, those of you in administrative roles, you are awesome. And those of you that are in school, whether it be college, high school, middle school, grade school, hear me today. God's got his hand on your life. You're not just a student. You're a change agent. As Dr. Tony Evans would say, you're God's CIA agent. You're God's spy. You're going into the school undercover as a student. 
but God's going to do awesome things through your life. So would you pray with me today? Holy Father, we honor you. Thank you for all of these beautiful lives that are up here represented as a part of the educational system in our region. And God, I know that the enemy is hard at work, but I'm going to say this, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. To the educators, admins, and students in here, those that are with us online, God, in their lives, I decree and I declare the word of the Lord, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God, I pray right now you to give these students strength to stand against peer pressure. And if there's going to be any peer pressure going on, let these Holy Ghost inspired and filled kids be the peers putting on the pressure to do the right thing. We cover them with safety. God, you said that you would give your angels charge over us lest we would not even dash our foot against the stone. God, we ask you for fresh assignment of angels and safety in this school year, at school, in sports, traveling to whatever events, or God, just going back and forth to school. God, I pray for the educators today. I thank you for their sacrifice. And, and I know some folk do that like a job just to get an income. But I know there's some folk that's called to it, just like I'm called to be a pastor. I believe there are nurses called to be nurses. I believe there are folks in the health field called to that by the Spirit of God. And I believe there are people up here today, and there are some that are not here that's a part of this ministry today. I know in their heart they are called to what they do. So Lord, even as the Apostle Paul said that you gave him the grace to become an apostle, grace transforms us. Grace equips us. And over these educators and admins today, I pray you to give them grace, give them wisdom, give them knowledge, give them understanding, give them divine creativity. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Would y'all do me a favor? Just stand up and let these guys know, show, show them that you love them today. Would you do that? Y'all see that? We love y'all. All right, thank you. You can be seated. Y'all can return to your seats. Give me just one second. Listen, I want Paul. Preacher Paul. Would you come up here for just a minute? I want him to share some things that uh, since we're doing schools and students, Preacher Paul is head over Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA, and he called me the other day. Man, he's about to come through the phone on me. He was so excited about stuff God's doing. So I'm like, man, you got to share this. So we're going to give Paul just a minute to share some good stuff about what God's doing. Before I start sharing and get real, real, real excited, I want to make two announcements to all those high school students who were just up here the first Friday when school starts that first Friday we're inviting you to the new gym at 6.50 in the morning for breakfast and we're going to worship the Lord in that gymnasium and I, I'm, a, I'm just going to 
We're going to have a revival at Scotland High this year. I'm just telling you right now. And then on Saturday, August the 26th, before school starts, at 9 o'clock in the morning, you're hearing it right here. We're going to have a prayer bash at Scotland High at 9 o'clock in the morning. Everyone's invited. The only reason you don't come is because you don't come. You're invited. <laughs> we're going to pray over the principals. The superintendents come. We're going to pray over him. We're going to pray over teachers, anybody that comes. We're going to pray for them. And then it gets a little bit more exciting. We're going to anoint the schools with oil. And what we're going to do after we finish there, we're going to break off in teams and go to every school in this county. Amen, So we need your help. Well, Lord. So let me just tell you, let me get really excited right now about what happened this week. You know, this church gave us $7,000 to buy Bibles. So that's what we did. We bought Bibles. So on Monday... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I went to a different school. This week, we were able to give out 525 Bibles. And, you know, that's just real amazing to give out that many Bibles at school. Well, some miracles happened during this time. I told, I told my lovely wife, I said, uh, I, I think I got a problem. I think I'm out of Bibles. So we called, and I started calling people that, in our group trying to get Bibles and this guy called me and said, I think I can get you 10 cases by Thursday. Well, I had a school Thursday at 11 o'clock. Well, when I come home on Wednesday, I call her and tell her, uh, there's 10 cases under the carport. So I go Thursday and we're not supposed to give out about 70 Bibles and we'll give out 92 Bibles. So I'm out almost again. So when I get home, there's 12 more cases there. So I was able to do Friday night at midnight. I was able to do Saturday morning at 8 o'clock and give out Bibles. So we gave Bibles out. And uh, I was thinking about this thing. That's why I got to replace all these Bibles that I give. So I get a bill, $4,730 for the Bibles, which the money's in the account already. But it gets a little exciting. Terry gets a donation last week for $100. So I go to a church last Sunday, they give $2,000. When I'm in Sanford on Thursday, I get a phone call to stop at his business, and he gives me a $2,500 check. And then when I go to Nick's Pick Quick, a man gives me a $100 bill. And then I get $500 more. So I get $5,100 in one week to pay for the Bible. And I'm going to just tell you something. Let me, just give you the, let me just give you the real good news. Let me just give you the real, the real good news because we were celebrating every day because over 480 young people stood up and said, I want to be on God's team, and they did the sinner's prayer. Let's give God all the honor and glory. about to jump out of his skin. He was so excited. That's wonderful, wonderful. And we get to claim him as part of North to you. Isn't that awesome? See, God is doing things in so many places through different, through you. You have a part in that. Is that not amazing? How exciting that is. So it's so good to see everybody today. Welcome. 
to Northview Harvest Ministries. We are glad to see our faith family today. We're also glad to, well, for them to see us, for our online congregation, so let's give them a big hand. We want to say a special welcome if this is your first time here with us today. If you'll look on the back of your bulletin, there's a form that says first time here. You just tear it off and you fill it out. At the end of the service, if you will take this, when you walk out these doors to the right, there's a welcome center. Somebody will be there to greet you. That will give you a gift bag if you give them this form. And someone will be there to pray for you if you need prayer. If you have any questions, they'll be there for you. So we hope that you will um, take advantage of that. We've got so many good things going on, so many amazing things going on. Please make sure that you read your bulletin. We have several things today. Right after service today, we have a first-time attenders lunch. And so if this is your first time here today, you're welcome to join us. If you've been coming for a few months and you haven't attended one of our lunches yet, you're welcome to join us. We want you to, okay? You'll have a meal prepared for you, and we will have leadership there for you to meet, and you can learn more about the ministry. So please take advantage of that. Also, at three o'clock, from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock today, our kids are going on an outing to the splash pad. So parents, if you're here, I think it's free. Bring your kids out today to the splash pad. They'll have a great time with that. And then tonight at 6, we have prayer, worship and prayer. And we would love to have you join us. Y'all just don't know how God meets us here. When we take that time away, look, I know Sundays are busy. I know everybody has a lot going on. But it is so amazing we get together and just worship him and pray together. It is just amazing how your strength, remember we talked about that strength this morning, God builds that strength up. So I'm just going to ask you to make that sacrifice, if you're able to, to come tonight and join us with prayer. At this time, we are going to let our kids go to Children's Church. Well, they're quiet today going to Children's Church today, aren't they? <laughs> Make sure that you look at this bulletin, y'all. There's a lot going on. You know, July, we kept it kind of sparse. August is pumping back up again, so y'all make sure that y'all don't miss anything. So it's time to give. Some of y'all are excited about that. I know y'all get tired of me doing that every Sunday, but it's time to give. Yes. If you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are coming forward. If you raise your hand, they will get you one. Um, if you'll notice on the screen, there are many ways to give. And we are so thankful for those of you that give online. I know a lot of people do. It's very convenient. And we are thankful that you do. And some people, they still like to do old school and bring it forward on Sundays. And that's awesome too. However you want to give, we are thankful for your giving. As we had the testimony by Brother Paul, Preacher Paul this morning, that's part of your giving. Amen. So we're going to ask you to stand as our ushers come forward. If you're given this morning, we like to bring our offerings and present them to the Lord. So we're going to ask you to come and give as our praise band plays for us this morning.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Y'all ready to let's make confessions and pray over this offering? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today that you give seed to the sower. We thank you for your blessings on our lives today. We honor you. Would you make your confession or let's make this confession. Let's line ourselves up with the principles of the word of God. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we declare, There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. And let me just say, when, when we make that confession, I want to remind you, the Bible teaches us in the book of Psalms that the anointing flows down. The anointing is the oil of the Spirit of God, the anointing is the power of the Spirit of God. And the scripture teaches us that as they anointed Aaron, the first high priest, they poured oil on his head, symbolic of him being covered in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, as they anointed Aaron and the oil flowed down from his head to his beard, to his garments, to his feet. So when we make this confession, what we're saying here corporately is we are releasing the anointing of the Word of God on this house. But it doesn't just touch this house. It's flowing down to your house. Amen? So when we say there is anointing or there is abundance in this house, you are with the implication of it at the same time acknowledging and that, uh, that abundance is making its way to my house. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, give the Lord a praise. That's the word. That's the scripture. That's the kingdom. That's how God designed it. So, Father, today we thank you for your people's obedience and submission. And, God, the beauty of the matter is you're not after the sacrifice. You're after our heart. And our hearts are not seen in the size of a gift our hearts are seen in the size of our obedience. So, Lord, we humble ourselves before you today. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you that we can return the tithe and offering to you. And whether we look at the tithe that's 10 or 20 or we just give out of the abundance of our heart, whatever you lay on our heart, I don't care. The matter is that we're doing what we do in our heart to honor you and to be obedient and submissive to you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you 
in due season. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you for giving today. Hallelujah. And I declare, we are strong. When we started the service off this morning, I gave you the, the hashtag if you were going to help promote this on social media. And that hashtag was one sacrifice. How many of you believe Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, came as our one time sacrifice? How many of you are glad that He came? as our one-time sacrifice. So, yes, go ahead and give him a praise if you like. I started this theme that I'm, I'm going to continue to flow in today last week and uh, in the volume of the book. And we're going to look back at that scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. The entire Bible is about Jesus from beginning to end so we can't take out what we want because we think it doesn't fit it fits whether you like the way it fits or not all scripture is given by the inspiration of God would you pray with me today Holy Spirit of God Lord I ask you to open our hearts and open our minds today God, in this time of worship, we have plowed the fallow ground of our hearts with Judah's plow, with the plow of praise. God, I ask you to anoint me to do what only you can do, and that's to impart the words of life. God, I pray you let me not speak as a man. Let me speak as an oracle of God. And let me speak as a man on fire, a man that has passion, a man that has conviction, a man that has zeal, a man that loves God and loves people, a man that wants to see captive hearts free, to see the sick healed, homes restored, broken hearts put back together again, wounded minds totally reframed and thinking according to the capacities of what you designed them to do. God bless your people today. Open heaven wide over us and pour us out a blessing that we can receive in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen, amen, amen. Would you welcome our online congregation one more time today? I failed to do that at the beginning of the service. Thank you, Miss Kim, for doing that. I want to pick up here. Last week when uh, I was showing this, I gave you actually three different diagrams of Moses' tabernacle. And I just want to, I want to piggyback from here. So let me see what we got here. Uh, it's kind of hard to see 
the little laser pointer, but tell you what, I'm gonna go over here and stand under this one. <clears throat> Again, this white box frame, y'all, this is kind of like a privacy wall fence, and this whole thing inside of that was called a courtyard. And this golden thing here, I need a brighter laser. Y'all can see that? Can y'all see that? Oh, cool, I can see it better over here. So this thing right here was actually like a two-room tent, y'all. This was the actual tabernacle itself. So here, is, this is the wall that surrounded it. This was the one way into it. This, when you first walked in, uh, remember this was 150 feet uh, long, 75 feet wide. And so this brazen labor is where the priests would come out here and they were continually offering animals that were being brought as sacrifices. This is where they would clean themselves up. This is actually a big giant three foot water bowl made out of brass. And this is the actual tent of meeting. This is the actual tabernacle. And it had two rooms. This is the first room. Everybody say, this is the first room. Now, any priest could come out here, and, and people could come in and bring their, their animals and their sacrifices. Didn't matter whether it was bulls, heifers. Uh, don't, don't call your neighbor a heifer, okay? I got 10 country folk in here that know what a heifer is, and you know not to use that in a wrong context, okay? So uh, anybody could bring their, their bulls or their heifers. They would bring lambs. They would bring goats. Uh, they would even bring doves in here to be sacrificed. And I want you to remember there was two and a half to three and a half million people who would camp around this thing. So how many of you understand if half of those people sinned one day and said, man, I need to take a sacrifice to the priest so I don't die in sin? Okay, let me rewind that and say it again. There was two and a half to three and a half million people. Imagine if half of those in one day thought something bad, did something bad, felt convicted, saying, oh, I better go grab a lamb and take it down there. What, what's a half of two and a half million people? One and a quarter million people standing outside that thing holding a lamb on a leash or holding it in their arms, waiting to get into to the priest. And let's go ahead and look at what the priest would do. The priest would cut the lamb's throat. He would then begin to butcher the lamb, throw the wool, hide of the animal, whatever to the side. They would take certain parts of the meat and they would put it on this, this big giant grill I told you about last week. And uh, this thing right here, they didn't burn it until well done. They burn it until it was ashes. How many of y'all like the smell of burnt meat? Because that's the smell they smelled every day. The smell of all that blood, all those guts sitting there putrefying, all those hides and stuff that they would throw to the side, flies buzzing around, maggots coming to get you. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm telling you. I'm trying to paint you a picture here. This was not a pretty little quaint building like we have on this diagram. Not out in the courtyard. But then again, you know what? Sin's not cute and quaint as this made out to be either. just telling the truth. It stinks. It's nasty. And you better remember the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. But it also says the wages of sin is death. And so you may be having fun for a long, long time clubbing and partying and sexing up and drugging up and doing all that stuff and getting over on people and doing your own thing. But baby, when payday comes... That's when we get to this ugly part of sin. 
So all that's going on out here in the courtyard, out here in this area. And so they would go in, certain priests were given the responsibilities to go in here into this area. In fact, uh, how many of y'all remember John the Baptist? His daddy? Y'all remember he was an old, old man. His wife, Elizabeth, she was an older lady. And, and remember, they didn't have any children. And remember, they had been praying about it. And remember, the story of his father went in to burn incense on this little table right here. But if you remember, they drew lots. Basically, lots is like you sat down there and you rolled the dice. And if you won, you got, the, you got to go in and do this. His dad was a priest. And when they cast lots, it was his dad's responsibility to go in there. And, and so you got the candlestick right here and you got the table of showbread and so his dad is standing here burning incense in this little dimly lit room with this candle and all of a sudden, listen, from, from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew, that gap between the Old and New Testament, for over 400 years, there was nothing supernatural took place. There was no words from God. There were, there were no miracles. There were no angelic manifestations. So 400 years, now listen, what, what was his dad's name? Zachariah. Yeah, y'all right. I'm just checking to make sure y'all knew. So imagine 400 years of nothing supernatural. Charles, his dad's just in there going through the perfunctory duties. We've done this before. We've been doing this for, uh, in fact, let me go ahead and tell you all this. This is the diagram referred to as Moses' tabernacle because God gave it to Moses 1,450 years before Jesus was born. That's important. We're going to come back and look at that. 1,450 years. So Zacharias is in there and he is burning incense. We've been doing this for years. We're just going through the motions. Maybe God's forgotten about us for 400 years. He's not talked to us. We've not had a prophet. We've not had a miracle from heaven. We've not, 400 years, man, America's only 250 something, right? That's almost twice as long as our country's been in existence. So he's just going through the motions and then all of a sudden, an angel appears and gives a message that you're gonna have a son. All this is happening inside this room right here. We're gonna look at the importance in this thing right here of the one sacrifice. So this is called the holy place and then you go through this little veiled doorway right here to where the Ark of the Covenant is and it's referred to sometimes as the second room or the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go into the second room. And when he went in there, he had to carry a sacrifice for himself and for the people, especially at an annual time. Everybody say every year. Y'all hear How many years? How many years though? Say it, Pastor Faye. You got it. You're looking at 1,450 years from the time God gave Moses this layout. Now, here's the thing. In the book of Hebrews, God gave Moses this layout because in heaven, it's got the same layout. So you might want to go ahead and get acquainted with this a little bit because when you get to heaven, you're going to see this in real life. But it's going to be a little bit bigger than 150 foot by 70 foot, 75 foot. You know why? Because this right here could be, I can't keep missing that button. This right here would be referred to as the throne room of God. 
And let me remind you in the book of Daniel that in the throne room of God, there's 10,000 times 10,000 beings that are ministering before the throne of God. That is 14 times the population of New York City in one room in heaven. Wrap your mind around that. And you're about to get either your brain's going to be hurting a little bit, smoking a little bit, or you're going to realize, wow, God's so big, I can't even imagine this. But he loves you enough to be intimately acquainted with everything that's happening in your life. How are we doing on this? Praise the Lord. That's good stuff. <clears throat> now let's get on here to the word. I'm picking up in the book of Hebrews chapter 9. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9. Everybody say Hebrews 9. Y'all get ready. I'm going to let you talk to your neighbor in a little bit. I'm not looking at anybody. And I'm not calling Laura Thompson nor Stephen Tyler McQueen. I'm not calling anybody's names. It's been... been pulling my chain on Facebook about talking to people. So y'all don't look at them while I'm talking about this. Okay, Y'all done looked at them, hadn't you? Marlene, did you already look at your son? You didn't. Steve, did you look at him? Okay, you did. All right. Say this to yourself. God's bigger than I could imagine. Did that make you feel good? Well, make your neighbor feel good and tell them that. He's bigger than I could imagine. Where's Tyler at? I need Tyler. Tyler Murphy. I forgot he's added to the hit list too. All right. Nothing but love, people. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. Look what it says. Look what it says. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, if you read this in context, folks, you always got to study the Bible in context. So when I'm pulling out some verses here or there, I want you to understand the context. I'm not misusing. I'm not pulling something out to make a point I want to make. If you read the previous verses leading into the previous chapter, he's talking about this. Look, I'm trying to use this to change that. <laughs> Y'all don't do that, do you? All right. He's talking about this. He's talking about, hey, Laura, I was looking for you over there. You're hiding. Never mind. I got you. All right. So he's talking about this. So when he says, now, when these things had been thus prepared, he's talking about this right here. But he's talking about it on the earth, in the natural. You ready? But he's about to take us. He's about to describe some things about this in the natural. But baby, he's about to take us out of this world. Are you ready for this? I got four people ready for it. <laughs> That's all good. All right. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I got, to, I got to digging in and just praying. I've been in this stuff for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's been in the crop part of my soul. But then the Lord led me out of Hebrews 10 that we're going to go through. Don't worry. We're not going to do the whole chapter of 9, chapter 10, okay? But then he led me to Colossians 1. And man, about 3 o'clock in the morning, I was walking up down my hallway. I was hope, hoping I wasn't going to wake Miss Kim up. Man, I was just praying in the Holy Ghost because, man, I'm going to tell you what, my spirit, man, got to jumping for joy at how beautiful the gospel is, about how amazing Jesus is and what he's done. Come on, y'all. It says that he presents us in Colossians 1, uh, 21, I believe it is. He presents us, listen now, blameless. First of all, it says holy. He presents us holy, blameless, and without reproach. 
Now, I don't know about anybody else. Let me tell you something. Only the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ can take somebody who is a sinner like me and plunge me into the precious blood of Jesus Christ and rip out every stronghold and every hold that the devil had in my heart, in my spirit, and in my mind. And only he, oh my God, listen to this. I'm, gonna go, I'm trying to get to here, okay? But in that Colossians chapter one, when it says he presents us in the Greek, listen what that says. It literally means to stand beside. Come on up here, Pastor Michael. Come here just a minute. Come up here. Come up here just a minute. Come on. Come on up here with me. All right. It literally means the Greek word means to stand beside. In other words, what that means is Jesus didn't come out and say, Oh, Tim. Oh, Michael. This is what Michael did, Father. Listen, he's done this. He said that. He thought that. This is what all he's done. No, no, no. When, when Michael accepted Jesus, he didn't find Jesus. Ain't nobody in here found Jesus. He found you. Come on, somebody. He said, I, the son of man, have come into the earth to seek and to save that which is lost. How many of you glad he came seeking and saving after you? So here's what Jesus does when it says this, that he presents us, listen, holy, blameless, and above reproach. Now, if you stop and think about those three things right there, I'm gonna tell you what, maybe you were a whole lot nicer and perfect person than I was, but I'm gonna tell you what, it was a loving, gracious God that came into my heart and did a tremendous work on the cross of Calvary to take me and to make me holy, to take me and to lift me up and present me as blameless and to make me present it as above reproach. So that Greek word, what it means is to present it means to stand beside. So Jesus does, just does not forgive you. Mm. He does not forgive you and leave you on your own. Pastor Faye, mom, you know what he does? He brings us before the Father and he says, may I present to you holy, H-O-L-Y, Michael Hunt. May I present to you, and the whole time the devil said, uh-uh, he can't be holy. Let me tell you some stuff he's done. And Jesus says, may I present to you blameless Michael Hunt. And the devil is screaming, I object. You know you can't have Michael Hunt. Let me tell you the things he's done. And Jesus said, because of what I've done on the cross, may I present to you a man above reproach. What I've done in him, you can't find anything that you're talking about, devil. Holy, blameless, and above reproach. Are you glad he's done that for you? Thank you for standing up here beside me, sir. Y'all get Pastor Michael some love today. Now I'm saying all that because I'm trying to get back to this to show you how all this works in together. 1,450 years, they had the same layout, the same design, and God was trying to show them things. But see, here's the problem, folks. If you just get caught up in going through the motions of what you've been told to do, and you're not looking for the heart of the person who told you to do it, 
And you're going to be like these folks right here and be 1,450 years down, down the road and you missed the picture of Jesus every single day in the, the, the actions of this tabernacle. Look what the scripture says. Now when these things had been thus prepared, put together just like this, Remember I told you last week in Exodus, what was it, 39 and 40, that 13 times you will find these words that Moses built this thing as the Lord said. And I failed to, I failed to mention this to you, but write this down in your notes if you're taking notes, all right? 13 times you'll find in Exodus 39 and 40 that Moses built it as the Lord said. In fact, God will tell him a little bit in two or three verses and then it'll, it'll, you'll find this and Moses went and built it as the Lord said. God gives him another little bit and he goes and he builds it as the Lord said. But listen to what Exodus chapter 40 verse 2 says. That when Moses had completed the work, listen what it says. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, that little tent, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. How many of you would like for the Lord to fill this place of meeting? I would, amen. Somebody give him a praise up in this room. Listen, listen, listen. Now, y'all remember I told y'all this thing right here? Remember I told you that's the first part, that first room, that's where all the priests here that, that had these assignments could go in there and do their work, but only the high priest could go in here once a year. Y'all remember I told you that? So look at this verse right here. Now, when all these things have been prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. Verse 7. Jay, I hated to use that orange font. I didn't want any of you Clemson people to get too happy. But it did look good on that white background. But remember, this is an anti-Clemson institution. Listen now, but into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for all the people's sins committed in ignorance. Ignorance Every year, 1,450 times, Pastor Faye, in there, high priest goes in and he pours out blood upon that mercy seat to keep the nation of Israel from judgment. Next year, at that time of feast, that time of sacrifice, he goes in there again. Next year, he goes in there again. He gets so old, he can't walk anymore. But somebody's gotta go in. So guess what? They had to assign one of his family members. He goes in. Next year, he goes in. Next year, he goes back in. Finally, he gets so old. How many of y'all know in 1,450 years, you probably go through a few guys going in there doing that? Am I talking to anybody here? But he had to do it every year. Everybody shout every year. Why? Because look what it says. Look what it says. The Holy Spirit indicating this in verse 8, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while this first tabernacle was still standing. In other words, what God gave Moses as long as it was in operation until God switched gears, you can go in there every year, but you're gonna have to go in there every year because it can't do 
a complete work by itself. In other words, what they're doing is just covering you on the outside. It's just a temporary covering. It's just letting you know, listen, listen, the whole thing about the sacrifices for 1,450 years with every bleeding uh, lamb that died, every goat screaming out in horror, every time that priest drew that blade across to, uh, uh, a cow's neck and it screamed in horror and it's bleeding to death and it's kicking and it's thrashing, every time somebody had to sit there and watch that, God wanted the people experiencing that, witnessing that, to see one day I'm going to send you a sacrifice that's going to make all this come to an end because that sacrifice, my God, is going to be so holy. That sacrifice is going to be so pure. That sacrifice is going to be so sinless. That sacrifice is going to be so worthy. That sacrifice. My God. And one day John the Baptist is dunking people in the water and he looks up and he sees Jesus walking down. Woo, somebody better help me up in this Holy Ghost filled house. He looks up and he sees Jesus walking down the bank of the Jordan River. And I don't know, maybe John had somebody under the water, but whatever he did, he let him go. Because when he saw Jesus, he got a revelation from heaven and he said these words, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Somebody shout, Jesus is the lamb. Somebody shout, Jesus is the lamb. Y'all better hear me right now. Devil's quake at what I'm about to tell you. So for 1,450 years, 1,450 years, and imagine if they did thousands of sacrifices every day, all of that stuff in all of that time, all of that blood, all of that animal flesh burning, all of those screaming animals, all of the work it took to get all that done could not even scratch the surface of what the Lamb of God was coming to do all by himself. So the writer talks about this. He says in verse eight, the Holy Spirit indicating that this, indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while this first tabernacle was still standing. Look what it says. It was symbolic for this present time. Now, listen, we can read that and skip on over it, but you need to apply yourself to study to find the symbolism. Because I'm going to tell you what, everything about it is going to give you a clearer picture of Jesus. Somebody give him a praise in here. <laughs> Verse 9, it was symbolic for the present time, listen now, in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performed the service, that is the priest, the high priest, or even the people bringing the offering cannot, listen, perfect them in regard to their conscience. In other words, those sacrifices, that blood, that animal dying was only a temporary covering for you to see on the outside 
because it could never get inside you to change your conscience inside your heart and your mind. Does everybody understand that? So listen to me now. So still today, if you and I try to go through religious motions and perform religious duty without relying on the sovereign lordship and the perfect sacrifice of his son, then we too will make ourselves feel a little bit better about what's going on on the outside. But you're not changing your heart and you're not changing your mind. You may say, well, I've been doing that and I'm acting a little better, Pastor Tim. All you've done is change your behavior a little bit. But you yourself have not changed at all. And I'm going to tell you what, on July the 8th, 1984, on a Sunday night up on Leesville Road in the old little Northview Pentecostal Holiness Church, I did not need my modified, my behavior modified. No, folks, I needed to be made brand new. And that's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I'm going to have to preach up in here. You see, I didn't need help. I needed changing. Come on, somebody. And I couldn't change me. There wasn't enough therapy to change me. There was not enough drugs or alcohol to change me. There was not enough love from another individual or individuals, plural, to change me. The only thing that could change me was, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. I got to hurry up. Where we at on this thing right here? It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to his conscience. Concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances that is going through all these religious ceremonial stuff. Hold up, but it does not stop there. He says, until the time of reformation. So the writer is saying for 1,450 years, Pastor Faye, class was in every single day and God was trying to show them for 1,450 years, there's a new day coming. How many of y'all understand right now we're living in that new day? Let's read on this thing. But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come. Woo! With a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Hold up now. Not made with hands. Moses' tabernacle was made with hands. This tabernacle that Jesus is representing is not made of hands. Look what it says. Not of this creation, or we might better say, it's not of this world. Woo! Somebody look at somebody and say, when we all get to heaven... Isn't there an old song that's got that line in it? When we all get to heaven. What a what? What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all. Oh, y'all better hold up now. Because see, streets of gold, that's good. 
good. Gates made out of pearl, that's good. Seeing your loved ones there, that's good. Seeing Paul and Timothy, that's good. But let me tell you what's going to make heaven heaven when we all see Jesus. We will sing and shout the victory. Somebody better give him some praise in this room. It's all about him. Everything's about him. Every animal that died in 1,450 years, Jesus is in heaven, and he's saying, that's about me. I want you to see it's about me. One day I'm coming, and I'm going to fulfill all that. Every bull, every goat, every lamb, look, y'all, that's me. I'm going to come and do that for real. This is just a symbol. This is just a type. This is just a shadow that you're seeing. But I'm going to come, and I'm going to be that for you. Christ came as a high priest with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. Look what he says. The high priest, remember when he went into the Holy of Holies, the most holy place, he had to go in with a basin of, of, a, of blood from a bull or something. But Jesus went in not with the blood of goats and calves. Somebody shout, but with his own blood. With his own blood, he entered into the most holy place once for all. Somebody shout that out. Now hold up, we gotta understand that in context. Cause see, there's, there's some craziness going on in the world right now in Christian groups called universalism, which is saying that when Jesus died on the cross, they say that once for all means he did it for everybody. You don't need to repent. Jesus saved you. When you die, you go into heaven, and uh, you you can hear me today, and you can say, oh, that's great, and go kill somebody on purpose tomorrow, and God won't hold it against you because of what Jesus did on the cross. Or if you need, if you need some money, go rob a bank, and just tell them when they catch you, Jesus already forgave me because I'm under all that. It don't work that way. And that's not what that once for all means. It doesn't mean once for everybody. It means he did it one time and he doesn't have to do it ever again. How many of y'all had a parent or you were the parent that you would be told by your parent, do that one more time? I ain't getting no help up in here. All right, let me ask Wave your hand at me if you had a parent that if they looked at you and looked you in the eye and say, do that one more time, you know right now, you know right now, you better not do it one more time. Uh-huh, I'm talking to somebody, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Uh-huh, because see, look, 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 look. <laughs> Careful, Miss Wanda, I see your mama leaning over there. All right. Listen, now listen. There, there may have been some times that uh, in the disciplinary duty of a Teddy Hodge or a Kendall Hodge or a Josiah Hodge or a Jordan Hodge, I had a special belt in my closet called the whooping belt. And there were times they knew they could push Daddy so far, but when we got to the limit, when I said, do not do that again, 
and I start walking down the hallway, they knew what I was going to get and they know they better not do it again. Because once, if you do it again, we want it done. And the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. And I wasn't about to spoil no Hodge kid that day. <laughs> what has all that got to do with this, Pastor Tim? It's got this to do with it. Jesus said, I'm coming to do it one time. And what I'm going to do is going to be so sufficient that what everything before me has been insufficient to secure in its fullness, I'm coming one time and one time only. Somebody ought to give him a thanks for coming and doing it that one time. came with his own blood and entered the most holy place once for all. Look what it says. Having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goat, bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sacrifices for the purifying of the flesh. That is the outer ceremonial cleansing. Look what he says. Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ. Somebody shout how much more. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Hold up just a minute. He's about to take this thing to a whole new dimension. He's not going to clean you up on the outside. He's going to cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He's not just going to clean you up on the outside. He's going to clean you up on the inside. Come on, somebody. So listen to me. So where those drugs had a hold on you, if you really believe what Jesus did on the cross, it just lost its hold. If, you, if alcohol's got a hold on you, if you believe what Jesus did on the cross, what he does inside of your conscience will break the hold of alcohol. If you, I feel like preaching a little bit. What time is it? It's, it's 11 o'clock. Am I seeing that right? If you've got a propensity for lying, if you've got a propensity for, for cheating, if you've got a pr propensity for running around and cheating on your spouse, then let me tell you something. If you will get to this altar and you will open yourself up before the holy king of glory, before the resurrection and the life, before the one who loved you and gave himself for you, if you will do that before the presence of the lamb of God, I'm gonna tell you right now, he just won't come and cleanse you on the outside Outside, he'll come inside and he'll do a root canal on that evil root of sin in your heart. He'll reach down. He will, my God, he will pull it out by the root and he will put something in there that will bring the fruit of the spirit into operation in your life. Somebody give the Lord a praise up in here. We got to get out of here. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, I know I just jumped from Hebrews 9. What were we on? Verse 14. And now we're jumping all the way down to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. But if you read Hebrews 9, 15, all the way up to Hebrews 10, 4, you're going to see Paul is carrying on in this same theme. He's just repeating, excuse me, the writer to the Hebrews, whom I kind of believe it was Paul. But you're going to find he's just repeating himself a lot on this same uh, train of thought. So when we get to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, 
Therefore, what does that mean? Bring into a close everything that we just talked about. And what I gave you was in a nutshell what he's talking about. Therefore, when he, somebody shout, that's Jesus. When he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about that just a minute. Hold up. I'm going to let you in on something. You ready? 1,450 years. Now you see why I brought that point out because I wanted to use that. 1,450 years, millions, maybe hundreds of millions of animals sacrificed, butchered, tortured, you ready? God didn't want any of that. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. You know why God did that for? It was a symbol for us. When Jesus came, he said, God, that's not what you wanted. That blood's not what you're looking for. That blood and those animals, all that, that was for us all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve sinned. They tried to cover themselves up with fig leaves. Must have been some big old fig trees, right? <laughs> they tried to cover themselves up. And do you remember what God did? God killed animals and covered them with animal skins. And from that time on, God was calling for animal sacrifices because they were going to be a temporary covering until he came. And the first thing Jesus said in this passage is sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Look at here, look at here, look at here. But a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. To do your will, oh God. Look at somebody telling us all about Jesus. Can I read you something right quick? Can I read you something? Little something? Just a little something. We're going to let you go in just a minute. Before two o'clock. If you like this, tell me later you liked it, and I'll tell you who wrote it. Psych. If you don't like it, don't say anything to me. You won't hurt my feelings, okay? Oh, wait a minute. There was a guy who wrote this thing, and it's called Offered One Sacrifice for Sins Forever. It's inspired from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11, 11 12, and 13. Listen. The repetition of the sacrifices of the old covenant. Looking from the outside, all of those animals continually, every day, every year, every decade, every century, for almost two millennia, these things look like a lesson in futility. However, when we grasp the immensity of the coming sacrifice, Jesus' one sacrifice for sins forever, we see 
1,450 years of the old covenant sacrifices compiled could not even scratch the surface of what Jesus did once for all. Can we even wrap our minds around 1,450 years of animal sacrifices, bulls, heifers, goats, lambs, doves, offered by millions of people, hence millions of animals, the priest slit their throats, drained their blood, butchered the animals, burned the flesh until it was ashes. Can you imagine the stench of the blood, the guts, the flesh burning on the brazen altar? The courtyard of the tabernacle looked like a major slaughterhouse. Can we imagine the sight, entrails, blood, bones, hide all over the place? Can we imagine the sounds? Horrified animals bellowing and bleeding in fear, pure panic, continual chaos, pure horrific revulsion. But understand this, beloved, as grotesque as these, as these sights and smells and sounds were in the eyes, ears, and nostrils of God, sin itself is even worse. All of those things for 1,450 years pointed to the fact that one day Messiah would come, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53 would make his appearance and in the fullness of time he would fulfill the words of the prophet spoken 650 years before Messiah's arrival in Isaiah 53 verses four and five. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Somebody shout that. Jesus. Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. As far as God was concerned, all those sights, sounds, and smells of the millions of animal sacrifices could not, could not even come close to what he would experience seeing the shredded body of his own son, Jesus Christ, hanging on the cross as our once for all sacrifice. Jesus, the only begotten son of the Father, hung there gasping for air, his breath becoming more shallow and more shallow. The blood of God's own son was draining from his body, coming down the cross and dripping from his open wounds and flowing down into the ground which was cursed by man's own sin. That sacrifice on the cross was doing something that no other sacrifice could do. All the others even passed Moses' old covenant law all the way back to Genesis 3. When God slew animals to cover Adam and Eve, God was letting them know that every sacrifice will be fulfilled on the cross of Christ. And on that cross, somebody shout on that cross. Listen to me as I close this. Rolando, if somebody's here, can come up and play with me for me. And in fact, I'll tell you what I won't play. Uh, God, you're so good. That's what I want. I want that second verse. So, Miss Wanda, can you make your way up here and lead us in that? I want that second verse again. On the cross, would you stand with me today while I read this to you? On the cross, somebody say that with me, on the cross. Listen now, Jesus Christ, 
God's own son and our savior was, listen, in his own body, consuming the power and the effects of sin. Listen to this. Pure righteousness was crushing sin. Pure life was crushing death. Pure light was crushing darkness. That very image on the cross became so heart-wrenching to God the Father that he had to look away from that sheer horror of his son hanging there like that. And in that brief instance, Jesus, sensing the Father's eyes, look away from him. Even though he's dying and gasping for breath, dying by suffocation, yet he pulls in enough breath to cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The agony, the pain, the torment, all that, and he opened not his mouth. Listen, but to know that the Father had looked away, moved Jesus to scream with one of his final breaths. Jesus endured and experienced that critical moment of horror so that you and I would never have to. This is the picture of the one sacrifice for sins for all time. Once and for all, never again. Jesus' work on the cross as the Son of God and the Son of Man was completely sufficient to save us. Bow your head with me. So today, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not going to play around with it either. With all that he went through, have you personally said to him, thank you, Jesus. And have you personally said to him, Jesus, I surrender my life. I surrender my heart. I surrender my dreams. I surrender my life, everything about me. Because of what you've done on the cross, I surrender everything to you. I can't change me. I can't fix me. I can't improve me. I need you. Maybe right now you can do that in your own way, in your own heart. You can talk to Jesus right now. If you've never said that to him, you can say it right now. Jesus, thank you. I received the price you paid. God, take me and be the Lord of my life today. Hallelujah. And let's worship with that song for just a moment. Can we do that? You pull that up for us, Tyler. Hallelujah.
has not lost his power. The dead are raised, the sinner saved. It was that once for all. The work of your Hallelujah. Behold the cross. Behold the cross. Age to age. And hour by hour. The dead are raised. The sinner saved. shown you about Jesus today proves to you he is so good come on would you tell him that one more time the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let me close with these verses. Pastor Michael, I want you to come up here and just bless the people in dismissal today, but let me that same chapter of Hebrews, just a couple of verses later from what we read. Picking up in verse 11 says, and every priest." Every priest, back to that Old Testament, back to that tabernacle, he stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices that can never take away sin. Same thing every day. You know what that says to me? If you've been on the revolving door of addiction, there's something more for you in the gospel of Christ. If you've just been going through the motions, going through every, I keep praying for repentance. I prayed for repentance over this thing for God to help me 565,369 times and I'm still on this revolving door. Verse 12 of Hebrews 10. But this man, capital M, he's talking about Jesus. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. Let me go ahead and pray. You know what? One day, while Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, Satan 
they're going to put a little chain around his neck and they're going to drag him into the presence of the throne of God and they're going to put him down on his hands and his knees on all fours right in front of Jesus' seat and Jesus is going to lean back and he's going to swing both feet up and plant them right on his backside and use the devil for a footstool. That's what it says. Hold up now, hold up, hold up. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter 1 that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Positionally, we are with him. I want you right now to get a mental picture of the biggest barrier that you've had to fight in your spiritual walk with God. What's it been? Inferiority? Condemnation? Has it been a specific sin, a hidden sin? Let me tell you something. You walk in this victory Jesus Christ has secured for you. And one day while Jesus is sitting there with his feet propped up on Satan's backside, they're going to pull you a chair up. And they're going to say, they're going to present it to you and they're going to say, uh, Pastor Faye, have a seat. And they're going to drag in that little imp that caused you to most hell on earth. I ain't getting no help up in here. And they're going to throw him down on his hands and knees. Then they're going to say, Pastor Faye, would you mind assuming the Jesus position and use your enemy as your footstool? Y'all better praise him like you know what I'm talking about. I, I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you the word. High five, two people telling us in the word, man. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Thank God for victory today. I speak life, healing, health, and well-being over you. I speak deliverance over you. There's some folk in here right now struggling with inner turmoils of oppression or possession by demonic powers. During praise and worship, I sensed it. I sat around in here and I was binding up demon powers. I ain't scared of no devil. Jesus said, I behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Uh-uh. If there's any fear going on in here, I fear the Lord. Never devil better fear the Lord inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. High five, two people tell them you love them today. I got the blessing. Thank you. Amen. As I was standing here, as Pastor was, was just speaking, I, I thought about my grandmother. I would hear her praying for her loved ones and her daughters and for her, her grandchildren, including me at that time. God, please save my grandchildren. Please save my children. I want to encourage you today, as long as there's hope, as long as there's breath in their body, there's hope. They are not a lost cause as long as they have breath in their body. I want to encourage you today. Keep praying. Keep pushing. Because that once for all sacrifice is for them. It was for us. It's for them. God's so good to us, guys. He's good to us. I'm so glad for that sacrifice. Are you glad for that sacrifice today? Amen. Amen. A couple things before we dismiss. Again, first-time attenders, if you've been here for your first time today, or if you haven't ever been to a luncheon, please I invite you to come to uh, the fellowship hall right outside. Also, 
uh, for their kids. Remember, for kids or grandchildren or those that are in here, um, 3 o'clock at the Splash Pad is absolutely free uh, for the kids to come out today. Uh, also, prayer tonight at 6. Uh, please join us. Uh, guys, I, I can't explain just the refreshing that you feel uh, coming to those prayer times and coming together and, and, and inviting God's presence in there to, to just come in and just hover over us and over uh, whatever situation you may be going through. Also, say this week. This week, this week uh, starting Wednesday night, guys, we're going to be in revival, having a youth revival. All right. Like Pastor Paul says, and maybe this is the jump start for what's going to happen at Scotland High School. I'm declaring that for this week, that this may be the jump start to what ignites them at FCA and, and at Scotland High School and across every school upon this region. Now, Wednesday night, our own James Earl is going to be speaking Wednesday night. It's the Thursday night, Zach Barnes will be speaking, uh, very familiar to this area. Friday night, Jason Cook. Uh, who is very familiar for, for you guys here at Northview. He will be Friday night. And then Saturday, we're going to have a panel discussion of different pastors, different youth leaders in the area. Uh, for, for any question that a youth may have or uh, whatever the need may be, we're going to ask, give them the floor to ask questions. Um, and, and, guys, we want to be able to give real answers for them uh, and give them uh, – because, again, some, you, some the enemy, the biggest trick he'll allow us to, to believe is that we're the only one facing that struggle we're going through. But we're not alone in this fight. We're here together to help each other, all right? We're going to encourage you. Let me bless you today. Uh, this is coming straight from the word of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his peace, his shalom. And God, we thank you today, God, for what you have done and what you have said through your word and through your worship, God, and you are so, so good. God, the sacrifice that was done for us once and for all, the one time you came on this earth and made yourself available for the world, for the remission of the sin, God, of the world, God, you laid it on the, on the weight of your shoulders, God, and you said, it is finished. That completed work on the cross is still alive today, and we're thankful today that the same power that raised you from the dead, God, is now living on the inside of us. God, we're grateful to you today. We give you all praise. And all God's children said, amen. amen. High five your neighbor and tell them we'll see you soon.